buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 112. Today I'm going to chat with Crystal Dunn, talk about dick sporting goods, and discuss my aerial gunnery trip. I am your host, Ava Flannell, and Crystal, how are you doing? I'm good, Ava. Thank you. I'm excited to be here chatting with you today. I'm excited to finally have you on. So I got to ask, what is the weather like where you are? Oh my God, you're so funny. Yeah. So I'm up here in Minnesota and um today is like rainy and cold and it was like 80 a week ago and then it's supposed to snow this weekend. So Okay. So it is snowing right now outside my window. No way. Yeah. Oh, that's no good. I know. I can't even believe it. <laughs> and where are you at again? I'm in Colorado. Oh yeah. So that elevation, it can be like anything there. Yeah. Um, and, and just like what you were saying, like it was literally, well, yesterday, I think it was like 60, 65, 70, and now it's like 20 degrees and there's places like closing because of all the snow. And I'm like, I have no idea what happened to fall. Yeah. No, it just like, it like it's summer and then this weird, like warmish week and then winter. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yep. So it's fine. I'm not a fan of pumpkin spice lattes anyway, so. (laughs) (laughs) Too too basic, right? (laughs) Too basic. All right. Before I get into it, I'm going to talk about Manicore Arms. So a lot of people have been asking, is Manicore going to be making accessories for the new Tavor 7? And the answer is yes. I don't have a date for you guys, but um, just know that he is working on some stuff. So hopefully in the next couple months, uh, he puts something out because I know that he is working on it. I'm just not sure exactly what that date is. But if you guys want to check out his other parts in the meantime, go to manicorearms.com, use the code GUNFUNNY15, and that will get you 15% off. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. All right. So Crystal, um, for those who don't know you, you are a competitive shooter in the gun industry, but I want to know, um, just kind of going back a little bit, did you grow up around guns? Sure. So, um, I grew up around guns mainly with my dad. Um, I come from like a military family. So everybody in my family shot, we weren't big hunters or anything that involves a lot of being quiet, which I'm not real great at. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, it was a lot of like bonding time with my dad, but I mean, I really went out to the range. He kind of did everything, uh, walked me through the safety part of it, but I didn't really get into doing much with it on my own or really truly feeling comfortable with them. Um, until I got older and got more into competition. And how did you get more comfortable with them? Was it just like, uh, were you just practicing, going on the range more or did you get like actual training? Yeah, a little bit of both. Well, I mean, growing up, um, my dad would, you know, he would load it, he would clean it, he would do everything and then just kind of hand it to me and show me how to line up the sights and all that. So I wasn't, um, with the, with the handling piece of it, super well versed. So when I started to get into competition, I did, I took a, um, safety and like holster class uh-huh. uh, from someone and then, you know, kind of really drilled the the rules and the, the safe handling with a holster because there's extra stuff involved in that. And then, um, just kind of spent a lot more time, uh, with dry fire definitely is a good way to feel comfortable because once you know you're unloaded um, and clearer, then you can spend a lot of time handling the firearm and feel a lot more uh, comfortable doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So in my class, um, there's a lot of 
typically a lot of women will come and take the class and the same thing, like their husbands or their dads, like they think that they're doing them a favor by loading the gun, you know, basically getting it all ready and then just handing it to them and telling them how to shoot, which I think is okay in the beginning, maybe just to get somebody over that initial, maybe that little fear that they might have, but you know, towards the end, you're not really doing them much of a favor. So, so yeah, I could totally understand that. Yeah, I think that's common. It's a little bit, of, you, you don't think about it. Like you said, you think you're helping, but it's kind of a bit of a disservice in the long run if you never expose them to, well, here's the rest of the yeah. handle. Yeah, exactly. So when do you remember the first time that you shot a gun? Yes. Oh my gosh, I do. I was, I was very, very little. Um, my dad, uh, my dad, I think on his, you know, weekends or whenever it was like, Hey, you're in charge of the kid was, well, uh, I'll bring her along to the range with me and my buddy. So I was a little brass rat where he'd be like, okay, see the shiny things, honey, like pick that up, you know, (laughs) don't put your hands in your mouth. Um, That's funny. He would have me, I think we did some like small, like 22 rifle, like long gun stuff. But I, at some point I think, um, he would kind of help me, you know, hold the firearm. And I remember that first time shooting, I think like a larger cut, like a nine or a 40 and, um, being like, Whoa, that was intense. Like being a very little kid. I don't remember how young I was, but I know I was little. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> definitely going from like that 22 to even the nine. I remember my first time and it's, yeah. it definitely, you're like, okay, that's a lot more recoil than I'm used to. Absolutely. For sure. It's definitely, I, I mean, I know I was under, I had to be like maybe six, seven, eight, something like that. So it was, it was like, whoa, this is intense and, but very exciting. And I think honestly, it was my very first, uh, time shooting with him, helping me hold it and everything that, um, one of the, uh, pieces of brass came out, like dumped me in the forehead. Oh. <laughs> it was like, he, it took him a while to get me back into doing it again. That's funny. You know, <laughs> yeah. just the other day I got hit in the forehead with brass, <laughs> which is nothing new, but right. this stupid fucking brass left a black mark on my forehead. Oh. So, and I was recording a YouTube video. So I'm like walking around doing the rest of my video, looking like it's Ash Wednesday. And, <laughs> and I didn't even notice until afterwards, like when I went to the bathroom to wash my hands and I was like, why is there a black spot? And then suddenly it all came back to me and I remembered getting hit in the forehead with the brass. And I'm like, I remember I'm like, oh, okay, we'll just edit that part out. It's okay. I act like yeah. that didn't happen. <laughs> It's been great. That happens to me at matches sometimes. And of course, a bunch of like dudes I'm shooting with, nobody tells you like, right? Hey, you have a bunch of like carbon on your face. You're like, thanks. I know. <laughs> do you remember the first gun that you ever bought? Yes, I do. It was a Ruger LCP. Oh, dang. That's yeah. Kinda... So it was, yeah, yeah. It was, um, I think I was like, you know, maybe 22 or something like that and had taken my concealed carry class and was looking for, um, something smaller. And I think at the time, you know, reading the, the basic reviews out there, not really knowing much about the industry or firearms in general yet. That's what I went out and, uh, got, and then I did not have it for very long. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I actually had one of those and I was just like, yeah. Oh, it's so cute and little and like, yeah. it's going to be super easy to handle. And then you're like, Holy shit, this thing like really has a lot of recoil to it. It feels like it's just going to flip out of your hand. Yeah, it was not the funnest thing to shoot. Yeah. So <laughs> that wasn't long lived, but that was the first one. So when did you start getting into competition? I think I was probably like early to mid twenties and I just was going through one of those like early to mid twenties phases where I like started taking a lot of classes. I was like kind of I think it was like not long after a breakup, but I was doing like woodworking and upholstery and like just random shit and um uh, breakdancing. <laughs> and 
my, uh, my dad was like, why don't you look into competitive shooting? Like you've always been like a pretty good shot and you really enjoy shooting. And I had never heard of it. And I looked it up on YouTube and I saw people running around shooting and like all these cool courses and everything. And I was like, that looks like fun. I need to do that. So most girls show up in a competition because their parents are significant others. But I think I was just at a point in my life where I was really okay with trying things and or failing at things. And I just went out and took a class on safe handling and holster work and then just showed up at an IDPA match one day. Nice. Did you show up by yourself? I did. I was terrified. Oh my God. I was so nervous. And I was like, are they not going to like, is it kind of a boys club? Will they not want me here? Um, There was luckily one other girl in my class who I'd only met one. So I, you know, met up with her there. So that made it a little bit easier, but for the most part, you know, it was pretty brand new, didn't know anybody. And, and especially IDPA, it's like a bunch of like older kind of chill guys in, in a lot of ways in the sport. And everybody was super nice and welcoming. And, um, a lot of people are, you know, excited to have new shooters. Yeah, definitely. I think IDPA was the first thing that I did as well. And, and it's like, but it's terrifying because there's typically, I mean, maybe there's like maybe one other girl, but for the most part, all the guys that are just like, what are you doing here? Like for me, that's how, that's how it felt. And and it was just nerve wracking. And then I've always wanted to get into three gun shooting, but I mm-hmm. like, I just, I can't get past, like, there's just, there's still not a lot of women that do it. There's definitely more than yeah. there used to be, but it's still one of those things where I'm like, I just feel like everyone's watching me and I'd rather just, I don't know. So like, yeah. what did you do to kind of get over sort of that, like that nerve wracking feeling? Yeah, no, that is seriously such a great question. If you ever do think about getting more than three guns, like definitely find like a buddy and so that you can like borrow their gear and go with. Cause I think that helps with confidence and basically somebody like walking you through everything. The, yeah. the one, two, three guns I've shot could be more pistol, like definitely had somebody there to walk me through that. But, um, that nerve wracking piece, you know, that's something that I think never goes away completely, but I struggled with it a lot more. And, and you may find yourself very quickly being okay with it. What, what, threw me out of my shell was I was at a major match, an area match. And Julie Golub was there who I now know a lot better and super sweet, but they were filming for a TV show. Mm-hmm. And I saw, I was on her squad and I signed something saying that like, I would like, it was okay if I was in the background kind of for shots. Yeah. Um, and then I go up to, to shoot the stage and it's, it was like an uprange start too to make it all that much worse. And like the whole entire camera crew gets up and they're like, <laughs> And I'm like, oh, I thought I was going to be in the background. What is this? And there's like, I mean, I'm not getting like boom mics and like still photographer and like dude with like a steady cam. And I was like, holy shit. I was like so terrified. And I bombed. I seriously bombed this stage. I was so nervous. I couldn't get out of my head. I probably bombed the first couple stages. And then I, that experience like, like just traumatizing enough that I kind of was like, all right, you, you failed. It can't get any worse. Like now who cares? And then I just, you know, you you get over it and it was the best and worst experience for me ever. Dang. I couldn't even imagine. Well, Well, so, but now when people are watching you, you're like, oh, who cares? It's fine. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like it is nerve wracking when the cameras are rolling and it just, for whatever reason, I'm like, I have the worst time just recording videos and stuff. And I'm just like, oh, I literally dread it. Because for whatever reason, the minute that the cameras go on, it's just, you know, you just become like super like aware of like everything you're doing and saying and you can't think. And yeah, totally. so. and it, it's the same way when the buzzer goes off when you're competing. Like yeah. you, it's, 
like um they kind of have these memes with the men in black like uh-huh. eraser flash because <laughs> it feels like that but i i think once you do some mental prep or you train with a buzzer or maybe train with a camera on like you suddenly just kind of when you're your mind's in the right space. Everything behind your 180 degree line is like, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So when did you start getting into three gun? Well, so I still stay a lot more in the, the pistol side of competition. Okay. Um, I, I like that the, the rule set is a little bit more consistent across the board. And, um, I just, I like that gun the most. I really like rifle. Um, I am just not a fan of gun and like the loading piece so that's why i don't do yeah. as much yeah that makes but, sense yeah but it's been it's been about i think five years now that i've been uh competing um and i've dabbled and done like just maybe like a couple like two or three three gun matches and then now most recently some prs which is actually getting pretty fun um for the precision rifle with the super long range stuff. But, yeah. Uh, yeah that's five definitely years. it's definitely taking off it's really trendy yeah. now it is. It really is. It's it's definitely an expensive sport. Oh, I know. Um, and it's really technology heavy. I feel like or gear heavy. I should say. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But it's. I think there. I think from what I last talked to some people, is it we might see it trending a little bit more towards three guns. So it's it's kind of more accessible, and they they do more positional kind of fun stuff. Uh huh. So what was uh, what's the longest distance that you've shot at so far? Uh, I think it was around. 1300 yards it's like right around the mile mark nice yeah so and that was with um 224 with valkyrie so that was kind of exciting because it was a really windy day and it was the last stage of the match and all these you know six five three more guys were like don't feel bad like nobody's hitting it it's far it's windy and i'm like oh okay and i i come up and you know impact impact and i was like oh hell yeah like, <laughs> nice. really, it's a good feeling yeah definitely <laughs> it's i definitely like long distance shooting just because yeah. I don't know. I think, I, I mean, I, not to say like I'm getting bored with shooting, but you know, with handguns, rifles, I'm like, yeah. all right, cool. Been there. And like mm-hmm. you, I'm not very like, I don't shoot shotgun as much, but yeah. with long distance, it's just like, there's so many other factors involved and it's definitely kind of tricky. It's not just like, oh yeah, I'm a good, you know, trigger puller. Like there's yeah. so much more involved and, and you could have the most expensive optic and, you know, it yeah. doesn't mean that you're going to hit your target because of, you know, like outside factors and stuff. So I'm, I'm actually kind of excited to see it take off and, For and, sure. you know, see it gain momentum. So I'm going to branch off a little bit and um, talk about, so you own a salon. I do. Yeah. I have a um, aesthetic salon. So everything face like brows, uh, lashes, skincare, um, no hair or nails, but so like everything aesthetic. Nice. That's amazing. So talk about like two ends of the spectrum, like opposite ends of the spectrum, you know, like here it's like, you're, you know, still, unfortunately it's still a very male dominant industry and then salons are typically female dominant. So do you, I mean, how does it feel like kind of balancing both of those careers? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny because a lot of my clients like even though I live in a, a, a very kind of liberalish state, like not super pro gun, like there, a lot of my clients are very open, very supportive. They're always like, how's your shooting and your competitions going? Which is really nice. Yeah. I mean, as you know, anytime you do your own business, it's like you can become so consumed with it and get burnt out. So that's part of why I started shooting to have some life balance and not get burnt out with one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because all of my, you know, shooting friends think I'm just the most girly thing in the world. And then all of my, you know, salon friends think I'm like, 
like tomboy. So it's like you kind of just don't really fit anywhere. <sighs> right. I'm going to take a quick break and talk about SB Tactical. All right. So SB Tactical. So uh, one of their fairly new braces is the SBA4. And it's a five position adjustable brace, which is pretty impressive, integral, ambidextrous, and it has that cutie sling socket. And um, it is on their website for $169.99. But if you use the code GUNFUNNY15, you will get 15% off. So head on over to sb-tactical.com and uh, check out their stuff. Do you think that by being like attractive that people assume that you're somewhat of a gun bunny? Yeah. I, th- I mean, I'm sure you go through that too, right? Like it's just kind of, uh, par for the course. Yeah. Uh, well, and I, I mean, I guess that's why I asked because, um, even at this event that I was at last week, there was like some other females there and they were like, I mean, just super fucking impressive. Like, and I plan on keeping in touch with them. Like they were just amazing, but I couldn't help but think just because like I had my makeup done that mm-hmm. it kind of made me seem, I don't know. I guess less legit of a shooter, you know, and like more of a gun bunny, even though it's like, I don't even post cleavage like on any of my social media and stuff. So, I mean, and I think that you're gorgeous, like, and you always have your hair and your makeup done, like, and, mm-hmm. and so I was kind of wondering if you kind of sort of feel the same way or kind of get that. Yeah. Um, well, at this point in time, um, when I go out to shoot a match, believe it or not, I actually, uh, well, most of my makeup these days is like tattooed or like glued on. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. <laughs> Extensions and permanent makeup. So it actually does make it a little easier and nicer when I go out to the ring. Because if it's hot and sweaty, I'm like, oh, who does time for that, right? But yeah. If you're going to an event or something, of course. I think that that's important though, to stay like true to yourself. So if you're somebody who like, you know, you you show up, you're prepared, but you also take pride in your appearance and that's just part of your normal daily. Well, then get it, girl. That's what you do. And I think, um, yeah, you're right. Sometimes if you show up like that, people assume that you're more of a gun buddy. And the first time I remember being like, well, I don't post pictures holding a AR and a, you know, American flag bikini. Like I'm not a gun, you know, and it yeah. used to offend me. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of at that, like that meme where it's like, I'm at that point in my life where like, if you want to argue about stuff or you want to like say some like, you know, one plus one equals three. Yep. Go you. Like, I'm just, it's like, whatever. I don't even care anymore. And then I think it almost makes me more exciting. Like you said, of those impressive women that you shot with that people are like, Oh, oh, you, you do know a little bit or you do have some skill. Like it's, it's kind of almost a little bit more gratifying. Yeah, exactly. To kind of throw them off and sort of impress them with your skills. Yeah, absolutely. Like, doubt me all you want. That's fine. I got it. Like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's a good feeling. I mean, and I know that I could absolutely hold my own, um, but I just can't help but think. I'm like, hmm, I wonder, because it's like I work so hard to, you know, I mean, and you know, like being in a male-dominant industry, you do have to work hard to kind of gain that respect of both male and female. And and I kind of feel like you have to do it differently for male and female, um, as screwed up and maybe sexist as that sounds. But it's, you know, it's just one of those things where, I don't know, I guess, I don't know. I've just, I, I like, it came to my attention the past couple of days and I was just kind of thinking about it. I'm like, well, should I show up to these events? Just like no makeup, dirty hands, like, let's go. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, well, but that's not you, right? Like you said, like, you know, you're like gorgeous girl. You always have your stuff done and put together. And it's like, well, that's who you are. Like, why would you show up any less than that? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, there are days where I run around, I don't have makeup on oh, and, and I feel totally <laughs> fine doing so. Um, yep. so it's like, I, I feel, I guess, comfortable in either or, but 
when the camera's rolling and stuff. I mean, I do feel my best when I have my hair and my makeup done. So, of course. And um, like, I think that just adds all to the more like impressive when you show up and you like know what you're talking about and you can handle yourself because it's yeah. like, oh, she does all the things. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, what was it that attracted you to competition shooting? You know, that is, that is a really good question. I actually love that. I feel like after high school or college, like how many opportunities do you really have to do anything competitively, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part? Um, and so I really like that. I met a lot of, like, I think each shooting community in different areas can be a little bit different, but I was very fortunate that up here in Minnesota, m- most of the shooters, like we don't have a lot of like trolls and bad apples. Like people here are very kind and very welcoming. So like it made me feel like, oh, that's a community like I really want to be a part of. Um, and then as far as like competition itself, it was, it's kind of one of those things where you're always competing truly against yourself, right? Like, can I be less sucky than last time? Um, and you get to basically run and gun and like, you know, if you've done that, it's like, it's a rush. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. So like, why would you not want to? Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely. And, um, you have like quite a few companies that you work with. I do. Yeah. I, and I, and it's really cool too. Cause I mean, I, I guess I'm proud to say that all the companies I work with ex- with the exception of one are all in Minnesota. So like federal premium, which is like a huge, um, you know, ammunition company in the world. It's right in my backyard in Minnesota, as well as, you know, JP rifles. It's got such an amazing history from John Paul himself, you know, for decades now and also right here in Minnesota. So it's, um, it's really nice to be able to work with, uh, people that, Benziger Pro Shops in Texas. I know them super well. So it's, it's nice to be able to work with people that, um, not only do you like the company and what they do, but like some of my closest friends like work for these companies. And so you really get that kind of inside track on what they're doing and it just feels more personal and more like a family. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, I didn't, I actually didn't know that they were both located in Minnesota. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, they're right here. If you ever, if you ever come up, um, I'm sure we can get federal to take us on a plant tour. It is like one of the coolest things I've ever done. I felt like a kid in the candy store. Really? So tell me about it a little bit. Oh, girl, it was so fun. Um, so I think they have like, I don't know, like 130 acres or something crazy like that. And, um, when you come in, they still have the original structure that was the clock house. You can see the original from like 1922 where they used to pass the primers through the wall. They saw a part of that and you go through and there's like these huge, you know, they don't do any more um, like smelting anywhere. So you basically have to just kind of recycle lead. Uh-huh. And so I think that's the right word. <laughs> but uh, whatever that is with the lead. And so they have to, so they've like, you basically walk through the plant. It's so cool because they have equipment that has literally been running since 1950. And then they have this factory of the future equipment that's brand new with glass and everything's automated. And they have these plate loaders that do 500 at a time. Um, they have these huge barrels that almost look like confetti, but it's uh, the copper and the brass shavings. So they basically, when they're stamping it out and they're making everything, they save the shavings, they put it in a barrel and they melt it all back down. So nothing goes to waste. It's wow. just really ginormous and it's so cool. And like, it, it's, um, like I said, candy candy store is very cool to see how everything was made. Yeah, definitely. I always think it's so interesting to tour companies and just kind of see, you know, sort of behind the scenes stuff. And, and it's like, it's crazy because sometimes, you know, you might think a company is like fairly small. And then other times considering like their social media presence, you're like, oh, that company is huge. And then you, you know, go to their, their company and it's like, oh, there's like five employees, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. running the entire thing. You're like, wow, that's really impressive. Right. So. For sure. You're like, wow, you guys do a good job marketing. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. I know. No, that was huge. It was, it was a, it's a really cool 
it. Yeah, I would definitely love to check it out. I'm always interested in stuff like that. So do you have um, a role model in the industry? Um, you know, I do. I, I have a couple in different um, areas of the industry for, for different reasons. I would say, you know, a couple of them would be uh, like Julie Golub um, really does a great job. She competes, but she also is very active in, you know, second amendment rates and mm-hmm. she's and she's, she kind of just does everything and, and does it really well. I don't know if you know Amy Robbins, who owns uh, Alexo Athletica, and she's definitely really, um, I, I like her and I like what she's doing because she's she's grabbing those middle people, right? Mm-hmm. Those who are like not super into firearms, they don't compete, they don't whatever, but they're like, oh, this girl makes cute like athletic clothes. And then they're like, oh, I can like conceal stuff in here. And, and so she's doing a great job at just raising awareness, getting those people in the middle uh, style me tactical, which is, um, Emily Valentine. And, you know, she, same thing. She's very fashionable. She's like you said, kind of more of that, you know, women who uh, take pride in their appearance. And so they're kind of really appealing to like today's woman who's more lifestyle, maybe not traditionally raised with guns, but increasing that awareness and doing a really good job of kind of showing women how they can integrate it into their lifestyle. Um, Amy Five Five Six, actually, she's another one who's not gun buddy at all. Like she knows her stuff, but she's always like really put together. And, and who, who is that? I'm sorry, what? And who, who are you talking about uh, right now? I didn't catch the Amy, name. Um, Amy on, on Instagram. She's I'm blanking on last name, but it's Amy five, five, six. And okay. she's up in Alaska and she posts tons of training videos and drills and things oh, like yeah. that. I actually, I think I follow her on Instagram and I always yeah. think to myself, I'm like, dang, like power to you because yes. the minute it starts snowing, I'm just like, yeah, we're not going to go to the range today. <laughs> Girl, same. I'm like, uh, after four, like below 40 degrees, I'm like, uh, yeah. indoor or dry fire, like screw all that. Yeah, same. I know. And I, and it, like that always crosses my mind. Anytime that I see her videos, I'm like, damn, like I've seen her post videos where, I mean, there's just like, like feet of like snow. I no. mean, it's like five feet. Like I'm just like, she had to dig her way to the target. I know. I'm like, girl, get it. I am watching you from my cozy, like office right now. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That's, that's impressive. So are you kind of getting into sort of any politics or anything like that? Um, so I like, I'm definitely one of those people who like has to come out of like, I'm, there's certain issues that I like get super like, ugh, you know, about, but, um, I do when I can at least try to stick to kind of simple issues, second amendment promotions, um, like DC project, I try to pay attention and follow what they're doing. Um, and, uh, at least where I can and when I can help second amendment rights, that's definitely a very important thing to me. Okay, cool. And then what are your future goals? Um, future goals, I definitely more, I think more into the second amendment, right? Um, it's, I think the, like, you know, t- involving new shooters, uh, raising awareness. I, I talked to people a lot about how when I was in, um, I went to Europe and I went to Australia this year and a lot of people don't realize that, you know, once they, uh, lose guns, they lose, everything like you can't carry pepper spray or mm-hmm. pocket knives or anything there so um i think definitely awareness and in you know you're not going to change somebody's mind who's avid one way or the other but those kind of in the middle people maybe just educating more and just kind of like a friendly hey there's normal people who are really involved in firearms and like letting them see like oh they're like me and they like that maybe there's something to mm-hmm. that i think yeah important. yeah as definitely well as, yeah as well as maintaining 
um, competition. I expanded my salon and added staff this last year. So I spent a lot more time doing that than competing is, you know, you kind of have to go back and forth between mm-hmm. balancing work and, and shooting. But, um, so definitely training harder and I've got some, some personal nice. kind of competition goals as well. Very cool. Those are all great goals. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. So do you have time to hang out for the rest of the show? Absolutely. Oh, and for listeners who want to find you on the internet, social media, uh, what, where can they find you? So on Facebook, um, it's facebook.com slash crystal done shooting. And on Instagram, um, it's just at crystal dot done crystal with a K. Um, and I have lots of, lots of shooting adventures you can follow me on as well as fun stuff. I just got a new puppy too. So you'll see him quite a bit. <laughs> Aww, what kind of puppy? Um, he's 11 weeks old. He's a cavapoo. So it's cavalier, spaniel, and he's sleeping under my feet as we speak. Aw, that's funny because so is my dog. Oh, I love it. <laughs> well, she's not sleeping. She's actually just looking at me and she's like, pick me up. And she wants to sit on my lap, but oh, I love it. I'm just like, no tickles. Not right now. Okay. I'm trying oh, to work. Tickles. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, she's only four pounds. So I kind of felt like it was sort of fitting, but yeah absolutely yeah all right cool so um let's talk about sportsman's guide yeah all right so right now sportsman's guide is having a huge military surplus sale and they are probably one of the largest online surplus stores. And if you find something you like, use the code GUNFUNNY20. That gets you 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. And in order to use that, just go to sportsmansguide.com. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as... Never mind. AF. So I'm sure you've heard about Dixon when uh, the, what was it, the CEO or something, his book came out and he said they, they destroyed $5 million worth of guns. They did. I, I don't know that I followed up on it, but yes, I, I, I did. So it's funny because I was, I was just kind of like researching that. And the book that came out, let me see, let me just scroll down and look at my notes here. So the book that came out, it's called How We Play the Game, Build a Business, Take a Stand, Make a Difference. And, uh, the guy's last name is Stack. And he said that basically they sawed $5 million worth of rifles. And somebody was writing that they were requesting more information from Dix on how, in fact, they sawed these rifles. Because mm-hmm. if you know anything about ATF, if you are going to saw a rifle, it has to be done in a certain way. It can't just be, you know, like we, I think we've seen videos where, well, I've seen videos of like people that are like, no, errors are bad. And then they like saw the barrel of their gun and then they just cr- created like a short barrel rifle and which is like a huge crime. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like some congresswoman did that or something, I think. Yes. And it's just like, wow. So according to ATF, basically the cuts, um, they need to pass through three critical areas. So the forward wall or barrel mounting area, the rear wall, and the area containing a critical fire control component, mounting pin, and or the slot in which the operating handle reciprocates. So um, it'll be kind of funny. I'm kind of I'm wondering, you know, what Dix is going to say how they in fact destroyed these rifles with their saw um, because it would be kind of funny if they actually like, you know, incriminated themselves. Oh, absolutely. So great. Yeah. So I just wanted to bring that to people's attention because that's something that nobody's really talking about. Although I just think that the entire thing is just so dumb and I'm surprised that I think this happened 
This happened in, I think in, was it in 2009? Did this recently happen or was this either way? Didn't they stop selling like, you know, quote unquote assault rifles like years ago? So I'm like, convenient. They like released another statement. (laughs) Yeah. And, and suddenly, yeah, they just, you know, destroyed like, I'm like, didn't you guys get rid of all this stuff like a long time ago? So I don't know. The whole thing just seems like really kind of interesting and pretty sketchy. All right. Sharps Bros. Are you familiar with Sharps Bros? You probably have seen their products. They are the ones that have like the skull lower or the, uh, the hog or the shark. Okay. Yeah. Kind of looks like a shark. Yeah. I mean, really cool. You can get like really, um, really creative, like especially with Cerakote and stuff. But I saw recently they posted on their Instagram. I think they're coming out with a new model. Don't quote me, but they were asking people on Instagram to guess what it is. And I listed my dog's Instagram handle because I thought maybe they wanted to make a lower after tickles. And I'm still, you know, it it hasn't been denied. So I'm still kind of hopeful that they're going to do that. If they take it to a vote, I'm on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh yeah, so they're always they have like really cool lowers. If you guys kinda want to create like a you know, put together a gun that's pretty unique, definitely check out sharpsbros.com. Q and A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. All right. So somebody wants to know what is the best way to stop anticipating the shot? Mm. So I get this a lot just because I teach a lot of basic pistol classes and anticipating the shot is really, I mean, I would say probably like 80% of people, beginners do this. So what I do is I typically, I have them just unload their guns and typically we're on the range when this happens and I'll take like an empty casing and I'll put it on top of their slide and I'll just have them do dry fire drills. So that way they're just kind of like building that muscle memory of exactly, you know, how much pressure to put on the trigger. They're not anticipating that shot. And then after they've done it so many times and I'm like, all right, let's go back, use live ammo. And if they're still anticipating, then I will typically put some snap caps as well as live ammo, kind of a mixture. So they're not really sure what they're going to get. Um, but I, I've actually found that to be very helpful and dry fire drills as well. You could do those same things even if you're not at the range. Just put something on top of that slide and keep resetting the trigger and, and it eventually you kind of build that muscle memory where you're no longer anticipating that shot. Yeah. Um, I really like, do you ever do the surprise break with people? Like but, when I, if I put snap caps or something? Well, if you have uh, somebody, um, you know, basically kind of get set up to to make the shot and then just tell them, like, just, like, painfully slow squeeze that trigger until the gun just goes off. Like, that surprise trigger break where they're not quite sure where that wall is. And then it goes off. And I think that confidence of, like, oh, wow, I hit exactly where I was aiming. Yeah. Uh, So I'll typically walk somebody through and I'm like, all right, line up the sights and I want you to squeeze as slow as you possibly can on that trigger. Just, I always say, I'm like, treat it like an eggshell. We're just trying to move the egg. We're not trying to break the shell. And that seems to work pretty well as, as, you know, I mean, just, just know everything you guys can just train yourself out of. It's just a matter of just putting in the work, but I found that it really doesn't require too much work, especially if you haven't developed bad habits, if you haven't been doing this long term. And, you know, so if you're a beginner and you're anticipating the shot, I would say just, you know, do dry fire drills and you'll catch yourself every time. Cause if you put something on top of that slide, it, it typically will fall down if you anticipate it. 
Absolutely. No, I think that's a good way to do it. I actually recently went through that too, switching from nine millimeter to 40. I was kind of doing a little bit of getting ready to push it down. And I, somebody told me like, put your brain on your right hand if you're right handed. So left hand squeeze as hard as you can. Do not move your right hand, just squeeze that trigger. And that seemed to help too. Yeah. That's interesting. Why would you move? Why'd you move from nine to 40? Um, I shoot both divisions and in one of the divisions, it's a 40 calibers is kind of the standard caliber for the division. And it's it's a difference from nine. So yeah, definitely. Very cool. All right. Polymer 80. So right now they still have complete slides on sale for $425. That includes basically the entire everything, like the barrel, the slide, the guide rod, the sights. And if you look at just one of their slides alone, they are on, uh, they're selling for $325. So it really just kind of pays to buy the complete slide. And like I said, they're $425, but you're not going to pay full price because if you use that code gunfunny, you will get 15% off. And that is at polymer80.com. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. All right, so my event at, uh, or I'm sorry, my trip to Triarch with the aerial gunnery event, it was definitely really cool. I posted, I posted a YouTube video, um, just kind of a recap talking to Chris Reeves from Triarch Systems. And then, um, I also posted a, uh, video of just, uh, touring their facility, which was really impressive. But, um, I did get to shoot out of a helicopter and it was so much fun. I really honestly didn't know what to expect. And I was kind of terrified because I'm like, what if I don't hit anything? What if I don't hit the target? Just because like, I've never shot from a helicopter and it's in, you would think like, oh, okay, well I can move and shoot and I could shoot point blank at a target. So like, I should be able to do it. And, uh, Tacticam, they are, it's a company, they make these little cameras that go on your rifles. So they hooked me up and, um, there's a lot of footage from there and it's just, it's cool. So basically, I mean, Chris Reeves, like he gave me the best advice and it kind of worked. He's like, just keep pulling the trigger. You're going to hit your target. (laughs) Spray and pray. Yeah, exactly. But, um, it was cool because they gave you just unlimited ammo. I mean, as, as quickly as you can shoot it, they were just handing off magazines. So there was this girl that sat in the middle of the helicopter and, um, and then there was four people shooting and just every time that they had a reload, I mean, she would just hand, take off the, she would take the empty magazine, hand you a new one. So it was really just as quick as you could shoot and reload and uh, yeah it was it was so much fun the only downfall is I ended up getting my my chest kind of burnt from hot casings and so the girl that was sitting in front of me I think what happens is you can you can kind of choose to you know like if you want to stand kind of you know farther out of the helicopter because you are strapped in to a certain degree, like there's a seatbelt over you. So, I mean, some people were really coming out of the helicopter. Others like me, I was a little more conservative just because I'm kind of afraid of heights. And I'm like, nah, I'm just going to like, you know, I'll stay back here and shoot. But as a result, depending on where you're sitting and where that brass from the other person's rifle is coming out, I literally, this girl, like pretty much unloaded an entire, like an entire magazine, like on my chest. <laughs> And I was like, oh my gosh. And it was super hot. It was like 95 degrees. So I'm like hot, sweaty. And I mean, this brass is just like sticking to me. And I didn't want to like, obviously like freak out and wave my gun everywhere. So 
with my left hand while holding my gun with my right, I was just like trying to get it out of my shirt. And it definitely burnt me pretty bad. Like even now I'm still, I still have some of the burn marks and I'm just putting cream on it. But then I have to laugh because Elliot from silencer shop shortly after I got my chest burnt, like literally like, I don't know, five minutes later, they're like, you want to go back up? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) And and so I went up with uh, Chris, uh, somebody else, and then Elliot from Silencer Shop. And Elliot sat right across from me. And this time I'm like, okay, I'm smart. I'm going to choose the seat where there's no brass coming, you know, coming towards me. But poor Elliot, all of my, all of my casings went down the back of his shirt and his neck got burnt so bad. And so then we basically had like matching burn marks and, um, (laughs) it created a really good friendship and we've been keeping each other updated on, you know, like our burn scars. And the next day I felt really bad. So I gave him some of my burn cream as, you know, kind of as a peace offering. So he wouldn't be mad. (laughs) What caliber were you guys shooting? I think it was just two, two, three. Okay, five, sure. five, six, you know. Yeah. But it was so fun. And then even the guns, I was really surprised because like, I mean, granted your adrenaline's rushing, you're up in the helicopter, but the, the ARs were just like extremely easy to manage. Oh, nice. Like I would really like to get more time behind Triarch's guns because they mm-hmm. make handguns, rifles. I mean, just beautiful, beautiful guns. And, um, and I was really impressed. Like I got to shoot some of the handguns when we were, when I wasn't on the helicopter, they had like another area where people could just kind of test out guns and silencers and stuff. And again, it was kind of like a free for all where it was like all the ammo supplied. So you could shoot as much as you want. Yeah. I, I was really impressed with his guns. Everyone there was like super nice. Everyone at Triarch, although Chris did, he messaged me the next day after I flew home and he said the entire staff at Triarch just wants to say that they're glad that you're not here today. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just because I was giving them all shit, but, um, oh, that's too funny. Yeah. I mean, but we all, we all had fun. Like we all like went out to dinner and, you know, and just, we spent a lot of time together and, and I would definitely say that I formed, you know, some pretty good friendships and I hope to keep in touch with all of them. Um, already I'm going to another event next month in Savannah and I know some of them are going, so I'll see yeah. them in a few weeks and hopefully nobody gets any, uh, brass burns. <laughs> yeah, okay. You guys were in pretty tight quarters though, so maybe it'll be. I know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, so I'm sure you get hit with brass all the time. Like it's just one of those yeah. things where at this point I don't even flinch, but I mean, having an entire magazine just like basically dumped on your chest, it's hot as shit. You're sweating. Yeah. And it was like, I mean, it really burnt like. Even the other day I was sleeping and like one of my, one of my burns must have opened up cause it bled a little bit. I mean, oh, like wow. it's like pretty legit, like burn. <laughs> yeah. No, I think there's a lot of three gun stages where they have you like set up in like a car or mm-hmm. something. Yes. And I know people that have gotten some bad burns. Well, and- I'm sure even if they're shooting, even if nobody else is in the car with them, because a lot of times it'll bounce off the car and then, you know, hit you. Yeah. Or if you're doing something positional and it's all like coming out at, like on your legs or something mm-hmm. like that, yeah, it can be intense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's not like I was really wearing a low cut shirt. And I mean, even it was happening to guys, like it was literally going down the back of guys shirts. So it was kind of just kind of all over the place, but, um, we if you guys, practical turtlenecks. <laughs> I know, right. Well, okay. So I kind of have to laugh because American gun chick with her stupid little bib thing that she came out with, Um, I was like, did you hear about that? No. Oh, okay. So she, it was like around December of this year 
uh, or last year, and she came out with the tactical bib, and it's literally a bib so that, you know, you don't get hit with brass, like your boobs don't get hit with brass. And I was like, I thought she was joking at first, and I was like, okay, that's pretty funny. And then it turns out it was legit. And, of course, everyone bought it because it was right around the holidays, and they bought it for, like, gag gifts. And now she's probably Uh thinking she's, like, the entrepreneur. But, uh... (laughs) But, but I did, I did post on my Facebook on my personal with the picture of my, my, uh, burns. And I'm like, I think this is karma from making fun of American gun chick. (laughs) I needed one of those brass bibs. Honestly, if I had to do it all over again, just to ride in a helicopter and shoot out of it, totally would. Oh my gosh. I can't like, that's on my bucket list. That's something I will. Now I know I'll bring a turtleneck, but otherwise, yes, absolutely on my bucket list. Yeah. And and so they do, uh, it was Last Shadow who, um, who hosted the, or who had the helicopter and they do all kinds of like hunting trips and typically oh. they'll shoot at like hogs and stuff. And they were yeah. telling me all these stories. Like, I mean, I only found out a few years ago how big these hogs were when people were, I was thinking like, oh no, like little piglets, you know, like, oh, two, 300 pounds at most. Like these things are freaking huge. Like some of them will get to be like 700 pounds. Like they legit look like dinosaurs and apparently they're mean. They reproduce really quickly. They're, I mean, they just ruin farms. Like farmers will actually pay people to go there and just like, you know, shoot them. But apparently like they're kind of, they're kind of tough to take down because they have such thick skin And so they were just kind of telling me like some horror stories. So I don't know. A part of me thinks like that would be really fun to do, but I've never gone hunting. And, but then I kind of have to like be real with myself and think, you know, like what if the pig starts like squealing and like, I think that that would just be kind of, I don't know. I feel like I just don't really want to, typically I like animals. It's like really the people that I'm training myself, you know, from, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) I got to learn to like people, right? Yeah. So I don't know. It That might be in my future. They said they could arrange it. So we'll see. I feel like if you were from a helicopter, you probably won't really hear much. I know. That's what I'm, I would hope, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but who knows? I don't know. But I would definitely have to do it from a distance because apparently like they'll turn on you and. Oh God, they're so mean and nasty. That's and what I've heard. <laughs> you tear stuff up. Like I've seen videos and I had a girlfriend who did one of those helicopter things, but she had a, like a mounted 50 cal. Dang. <laughs> and then they just like blew by and I was like, okay, well that kind of seemed interesting. and maybe very. Wow. Yeah. That would be crazy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Time for some iTunes reviews. All right, guys. So keep those iTunes reviews coming. Uh, Charger Arms is actually giving away free patches and hats to um, anyone who writes us an iTunes review. We'll draw a lucky winner. So today's iTunes reviews, the first one is from Nick O. Wisco. Five stars, always something light and interesting about the industry. Ava is a great host and her guests always have a wealth of knowledge or an interesting pr- position in the firearms industry. I've listened to every single episode and look forward to Monday morning so I can listen to the next episode. Thank you, Ava, for the wonderful, wonderful show. It's crazy how many people, the show, like, I think Kenny posts it like late Sunday night and then by Monday morning, it's insane how many people will message me and they've already listened to the show, which is a really good feeling. So yeah, yeah. 
So it's nice because I'm not talking to myself. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then the next is Larry Cunningham, five stars. Absolutely an awesome show that is worth your time. I binge listened from episode 100 until this week's last Monday, trying to get fired and love it. Listening to all the shows like this show, the true diversity of the podcast and range of topics she covers and the guests she has on. If you want to learn about the industry, then this is your place to come to. Ava's a great person to listen to. Keep up the great work. Uh, thanks, Larry. All right. So, Crystal, I want you to pick out of those two. I want you to pick a lucky winner. Ooh, I liked what Larry had to say. It was very, it was very sweet and true. All mm-hmm. right. So, Larry, contact me, and I'm going to have Adam from Charger Arm send out a a patch or a hat of your choice. And it is time to wrap up. So, guys, if you want to find me, best ways just go to gunfunny.com. There's links to both my YouTube channels. If you guys want to check out the aerial gunnery event, uh, just go on YouTube, Ava Flannell. Otherwise, you know, feel free to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and you should also consider becoming a Patreon. Um, we're always having a lot of fun in our Patreon only Facebook page and a dollar gets you access to that. Otherwise, um, there's also lots of different other tiers. Uh, $5 gets you entered into our monthly raffle to win cool stuff. And then Blown Deadline is actually giving away every month a $300 gift certificate to a lucky Patreon. So it could be a dollar pledge and you still are going to be entered that entered into that drawing to win a uh, custom Cerakote job from Blown Deadline. And all you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash gunfunny. And I wanted to thank the producer and editor, Kenny Ortega, as well as the $25 Patreons, Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, Ryan Morrison, Michael Alexio, Elliot and Mike Pappas. Ooh, that sounds kind of hot. John Lyons and Charger Arms. And King of the Patreon is still Jon Snow. And he wants me to say that most people that know Discard say, I think, therefore I am. What most people don't know is that the quote continues with afraid of operator tickles. <laughs> yeah, that's tickles. <laughs> We're going to make her famous. Okay. Pretty soon. You know, one time actually somebody did a company paid me like $50 a picture to, for her to wear a tactical vest. And here's the spoiler alert. It was actually a tactical koozie that went on your beer. And I was like, listen, Tickles, you know, you're going to have to lose a little bit of weight. This thing's a little tight. I know it's not comfortable, but 50 bucks is 50 bucks. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, listen, Tickles, your food's expensive. All right. (laughs) And then one last thing is I'm still doing a tag pack giveaway every month. To, um, in order to enter the giveaway, all you have to do is go to gunfunny.com forward slash TP, leave your name, your email. I swear I'm not going to spam you guys with a bunch of emails. Otherwise, if you want to just go ahead and get your box, it's a monthly subscription box. Go to tacpack.com, use the code gunfunny, and you'll receive a free ABKT knife. And Crystal, once again, I just wanted to thank you so much for coming on the show. I know you're super busy. You're all over the place. Um, definitely keep up the good work. I'm really proud of you. And just one more time, just tell listeners where they can find you online. Well, thank you. And thank you for having me. It's been great. I've been wanting to chat with you forever. Um, yeah, so you guys can find me on Facebook at Crystal Dunn Shooting and on Instagram at Crystal.Dunn. Okay, perfect. All right. And we are out of here. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.